Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 220. Today's episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast is brought to you by the Positive Productivity Pod, created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success without burnout. The pod offers weekly group coaching sessions, online courses, a private member community, and tons more. To learn more about the pod and to sign up, visit PositiveProductivityPod.com. See you on the inside. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I am thrilled that you are here listening with us today. And I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest of the day, Roger Ramsuk. Roger is a therapist, author, and speaker, and the owner of Second Authentic Life. Roger, welcome. I'm so thrilled that you're here with us today. So happy to be on your show, Kim. Absolutely a huge fan. It just occurred to me, Roger, that I don't think I say thrilled in my everyday life, like ever. But every <laughs> single episode, I've been listening to a few of my episodes lately, and I it's it's just become my thing at the beginning. Thrilled and thrilled and thrilled. I mean, I really am thrilled, but really, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Roger, can you share your background with the listeners and a little bit about who you are and what you do today? Sure, yeah. I, uh, I'm i a, a coach. I'm a therapist. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I started my career working with a uh, uh, kids and uh, adults um, with uh, developmental delays and autism spectrum disorder and a number of cognitive delays and uh, spent, I'd say, almost 20 years actually working with challenging behavior with different people and uh, connecting with their parents. And it was a, a kind of an organic process whereby I realized that uh, in order to help the kids, I needed to help the parents. And so I started uh, doing presentations to parents. And then from that, um, I had a, a job uh, going around to the hospitals and teaching uh, hospital staff how to uh, de-escalate and verbally um, handle uh, challenging behaviors. And then that became uh, teachers in schools. And then that became staff in group homes. And so I, uh, I cut my teeth working with the challenging behaviors for a very, very long time. And uh, all of those things were from the job route, and I and thoroughly enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong; um, I love speaking with people, but there was always that part of me that didn't like working for somebody else. And I've been fired from my job a number of times for uh, various reasons, uh, some of which had to do with uh, my reluctance to be there, and other times had to do with just you know life happening sometimes. But um, I, re- I, I asked myself one time, I guess the last time that I had a job was, you know, why does this keep happening to me? Why is it that, you know, I, I you hear these philosophies from, from people smarter and wiser than I am that, you know, just give, 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 and, and it'll come back to you. And I was working in a school and just give, give, giving. And, and still, even with the union and with everything else, I still got fired from the job. And I was like, how how is it that, you know, I got fired from a job that's almost unfireable to get to get fired from and i told my uh my spouse that night about it and um she kind of confirmed something that uh, i was thinking earlier 
in the day. And that is quite simply and profoundly, she said, maybe this is God just telling you one more time that you need to be doing your own thing and that doing it in a small classroom is not the best use of your time. As Neil Donald Walsh says from our conversation with God, this is not the highest and best expression of yourself. Roger, have you heard me? I'm sorry to interrupt. Have you heard me? Have you heard me tell the story about my husband who kept on losing his job too? I I, I haven't actually. He kept on losing his job. I think he lost it maybe seven times um, in the first two or three years we were together. It was always contract positions. Yeah. But he actually got hired on full time by a union company to do a day shift job. Mm -hmm. And the next day he got to work and was told he was fired because. Well, he was let go because there was somebody else in the union who wanted his position. Oh, wow. Within one day of getting hired, he was gone. But with it, the week after we got married, he, he lost his job oh. for the last time. Oh. And that was exactly what I said to him. I said, this is God telling you that it's time to pursue your dreams. Yeah. Because he had always wanted to be a video game developer. I was like, yeah. look, this is your time. So go do it. I love that your <clears throat> wife said that. Yeah, she's wiser than I am in a lot of ways. So, <laughs> but um, I, I kind of, I, I came to, I, I think, a similar conclusion uh, to what you and your husband came to in the end that, uh, you know, if you're not, even when you are doing what you should be doing and you think it brings you joy, if it's not truly what you should be doing, I think life kind of gives you a, a nudge to say, you know what, dummy? You need to go and do this thing because if I put the dream in you, you need to do something with it. I'm not going to put it in you just for nothing. You know? And I've always said, if God brings you to it, then God is going to bring you through it. Um, so this this last time with, uh, with my job, I just said, I need, to, uh, I need to be doing that thing, that serving that way that I've I think I need to be serving and reaching people and reaching an appreciative audience that um, maybe resonates with what I believe and what I feel and how I conduct myself um, and maybe not in a school system. And I, I don't know what your uh, experience has been in the school system, but they're not the most positive people, I have to say. And in, in, in Canada, teachers are paid very, very well. And I'm not saying the money isn't earned or deserved. Um, but I'm just saying that if I made the kind of money in my day job working for the school board, because I was I was just um, an EA, where I was assistant to the teacher. Um, if I made the kind of money they made, I don't know. I think I would have been a lot more uh, content with um, with the role that I was placed in. But you know, maybe that was God being wise again, saying you don't you don't get that. You've got to go do something much grander, possibly. So. But money doesn't always buy happiness. No. Money rarely buys happiness. No, you are so, so right. Yeah. Actually, the, the job I was fired from was designing schools, coincidentally. Wow. But, it, and I find that you and I are going to have to connect a lot more after we get done here. I'm telling you, the more I listen to you, the more I'm like, wow, this, this, this would be, this woman would be a friend of mine if she lived next door to me. Like I'd be over at her house. She'd be over my house all the time. Uh Yeah. Honestly. Create the uh, entrepreneurial life group. Yeah. There you you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Listeners, there may be a virtual one starting soon. Mm. Anyway. um, So I was designing. Yeah. I was designing schools, but I really didn't like the job. And I was paid decent. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. 
but I really didn't enjoy my job at all. But it was also designing schools. I mean, there's only so many different styles of desks that you can choose from. (laughs) I don't have, you know, I haven't been paying off student loans for as many years as I have. No offense to interior designers who are listen, mm-hmm. listening to design schools. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I went to school to do more than primary colors. Let's just put it that way. So, um, yeah, so I lost my job doing that. But I do understand because they, they have in in around here in Ohio, too, they do make a decent amount of money and they have the benefits that as long as they stay and they I've they get their tenure, then there are those benefits. However, as we grow older, we often realize that that's just not our dream as a child isn't necessarily what we want to be doing as we grow up. I don't know. And I still don't think I'm grown up quite honestly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You are, you and I Tony, you and I, um, that was kind of, See, I feel the same way. And and it was kind of out of that kind of thinking that I named this company Second Authentic Life because there's that thing that you do when you get out of school and maybe you plan to do that because of your education. Maybe you fell into it because your brother-in-law got you a position or maybe you just put out a bunch of resumes and one called you in and you're like, damn, I'll take this job because nobody else is calling. But at some point, and I think it happens for a lot of people, um, I'm even going to go so far as to say, I think it happens for most people when at some point in their life, they wake up in the middle of the night, one night and say, is this how, is this what I pictured for my 20 something year old self that I would be doing at the age of 40 something? Or is this what my 15 or 12 year old self thought I would be doing as an adult? You know? And I think a lot of times people are like, no, this is not what I want to be doing. And there are some people that are absolutely freaking courageous that I admire that will leave that job consciously and then go and pursue their passion and dreams, even though it could be a very high paying job and they've got uh, bills and commitments and, and people depending on them and they still go and do it. And I'm like, wow, that is somebody that is courageous to a degree that I aspire to. And I think then there are other people like myself who life kind of gives you that nudge and you're like okay okay i will just go and pursue this thing because nothing else is working for me right now and so i always say i was dragged kicking and screaming into the world of entrepreneurism and i absolutely love it and i know that this is where i'm supposed to be but man it's it took so much to get out of comfort zone and to give up um pursuing a job and as that's the way to uh, to earn a living and to find expression in myself um because it's in, especially in our economy here in Canada it was so damn hard to get the job to begin with and and you know I was putting out resumes and and saying you know just what do you want me to be I will be what do you want me to do I will do you know just give me a chance you know I have a recruiter say well can you be an aboriginal woman with a wooden leg and I was like damn it I can't do that but in the end, it's me fall, going on this journey and giving others guidance in the end of it all to, uh, to follow uh, in whatever way it moves their spirit to do so. You know what I mean? There's not, uh, um, there's not any program that says, including mine, there's no program that says you have to leave your job and go do this. 
no, there's a process and there's, there's thinking and there's getting in touch with yourself. And, you know, the key to everything in the end of all is, is your thinking right about it, whether it's starting a business or whether it's, uh, uh, you know, painting a painting, you know, there's, there's the, the vision in your, in your, in your mind, and there's the resources you have available to you. And all those things get put together before anything in the physical world gets expressed. And so that's just kind of how I've been coaching people to approach starting a business. And this is how I've been uh, doing my own stuff, just uh, from the mindset first and picture uh, picture and visualize what is it that I want and how do I want it to look like and then go for it as opposed to letting life happen to me. Because up until now, I got to say, uh, to my chagrin, is that I think a lot of times I let life happen to me rather than uh, creating or taking steps to create what I want. I mean, no matter how much planning you do, there's going to be that element that you just cannot prepare for it. I mean, you accept that, you go with the flow, but there's, you know, uh, Einstein says one of the most fundamental questions you can ask yourself is, do you believe in a, hell, in, a, in a friendly universe? And what that comes down to is, do you believe that stuff happens to you because you were born under a bad sign? Or do you believe that you can actually create your life and you believe you can actually create success and you can create joy and you can create... Uh, uh, a set of circumstances that actually fulfills you as opposed to just these are the cards I was dealt and this is how it's going to be for me. Roger, what's the most inspiring book you've ever read besides the Bible? Uh, uh, I think by far the most inspiring book was a Neil Donald Walsh, uh, Conversations with God. And in it, kind of this philosophy of, you know, God, uh, God finds joy in you doing what brings the highest and best expression uh, to you, and if you want to, um, if you want to lay on a couch and eat Cheetos, well, fine. Then lay on a couch and eat Cheetos. And if you want to go and create the next apple, then go and create the next apple. But whatever it is, God experiences those things through you, and God wants for you what you want for you. So if you want to create something, it isn't God saying. Um, no, you can't have that because that's not in the cards for you. No, you. You are the creator of your own life and you can choose to experience anything, um, how you choose to experience it. Right. And, you know, it's almost sounds like a, um, a cliche now to say, it's not what happens to you. It's, it's how you deal with it, you know, and everybody can, I know so many people, including myself at times when I'm going through it, roll my eyes and say, um, no, sometimes it is what happens to you because sometimes what happens to you absolutely sucks. You know, one of the times I got fired from my job, I had literally the month before closed on a house. And it was my first, the first house I ever owned that I was going to live in. And so here I was in this house that had nothing except um, one, uh, one couch and, uh, and a bed upstairs and a half full refrigerator. And I didn't have a job to support it anymore. And I'm telling you, that was a day when, Nobody had better come to me and say, it's not what happens to you, Raj, it's how you, how you process it. It's how you deal with it. It was like, you know, when you're going through some stuff, sometimes that is, that is a tough pill to swallow. But in the end, that is the essence, that is the essence of life. For everything that negative that happens to you, somebody has gone through it and, and in, put a different spin on it. I wouldn't say they enjoyed it, but they said, what am I gonna, who am I going to be in the face of this challenge? And they deal with it much better than somebody else does. So 
With everything that we've gone through in our family, I mean, we've had our utilities disconnected more times than I can count. My husband has always reminded me that, I mean, just not even a year before we met, he was homeless living out of his car in the middle of winter in Fargo, North Dakota. Wow. Sounds like a he's movie. Like, yeah. He, and he's like, you know, we're not there. Something will happen. Something will come through. But that's not it. And we haven't gotten this far to have that happen. So yeah. we just have to have faith. Yeah. I just, I have had Awaken the Giant Within. Mm-hmm. Power Within. Yes. Which one is it? Awaken the Robbins. Power Within, Tony Robbins. Yes. I have had that on my shelf for no fewer than, let me think, eight years. Mm-hmm. And I finally just started reading it this past week. Yeah. And the he's talking about and i think it's really interesting because you and i were even talking about it in our pre-chat about how everything that we do in in life is either, is based on pain or pleasure yeah are we are we running from pain or are we running towards pleasure basically and or are we trying to avoid pain and that's and the more he's talking about it i'm just like, wow, I've realized that I'm putting things off that I've in, in projects and books that I've even discussed here on the podcast just because of the chance of pain of a rejection. Mm-hmm. And listeners, just, you know, um, Roger in our chat was talking about how fearless I am. And I, and I opened up and I said, oh, no, I am actually full of fear. However, I know if I want things to change that I need to keep on pushing forward. and. I, I live probably 50% of my day outside of my comfort zone. We are just coming out of Thanksgiving 2017 weekend here in America. And I sent out no fewer than eight emails to my list. And it was painful because I don't ever do that. I mean, it's, it's painful for me sometimes to just send one email to my list, Mm -hmm. but I sent eight, but Roger, as I was sharing with you, I knew that my message needs to be spread. There's, I mean, I, I need, there's somebody out there who needs to hear what I'm trying to share. And if I just keep it inside, then I'm not going to help the people I'm supposed to be helping. Sort of like how you said, God gives us a dream, so now we got to act on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And while you were talking um, too, I was thinking about, you know, it's not just looking at ourselves as 20-year-olds or 15-year-olds. Do I want to tell my kids, like if I were living in a corporate job that I absolutely detested, would I want to look at my kids and tell them, this is what you're going to be doing in 20, 30 years? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is actually a question that I get a lot from parents because um, kind of one of my one of my key demographics is parents. And, and, you know, they always say, you know, what do I tell my child about how to prepare for the future? Uh, and you know, one of the, one of my thoughts about that is that you right now we cannot even envision what kind of jobs and what kind of vocations will be needed in the future. We, we're at such a, a a turning point and a transition period in 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 industry and in life and in history that you know these rapid fire changes are only getting faster, and we can't even uh, we can't even um, envision 
you know, this is what you're going to, this is the job of the future for you. I mean, there's certain broad care, uh, uh, categories like technology or, you know, communications or, or uh, coding or something like that. You know, those are those broad things there, but how those are going to look in the future, we can't even, we, we can't even imagine right now. And that level of uncertainty is, is fearful. It is scary for a parent, you know, to advise their kids. And so all you can do, uh, in my opinion, is to give them as broad um, a base knowledge as you can and then expose them to as much as you can. I mean, this is one of the things I do with my nieces and nephews. I'm trying to give them um, as many experiences in different things as I can so that they, A, figure themselves out on what they want to do, and so that they can then be prepared for whatever comes up in the future. They can say, okay, well, I have some exposure to the arts. I have some exposure to uh, creativity. I have some exposure to technology. I have some exposure to working with people. I have some exposure to uh, understanding uh, mechanics or something like that, you know, and then, and, and uh, they can figure themselves out from there because they're going to have to learn to, to, to shift on a dime in tomorrow's world. You just scared me a little bit, Roger, because I was thinking about the fact that when my husband went to school two and three years ago, four years ago, let me think, 2012 to 2015, he went to college and got his his four-year degree online. Yeah. And I have a 15-year-old who may or may not go to college in three years, uh, however many years. Um, mm-hmm. And I say that because it's going to be totally up to him. I, After going to college myself and having all these student loans for a degree that I don't ever want to use, I'm not going to push college down my kids' throats. <laughs> but then I started yeah. thinking about my almost three-year-old twins and my four-year-old. When it comes time for them to go to college, they could very well be staying at home and going to college. Mm. I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. quiet. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's going to be happening by that time they could be 40 and living in our basement yeah. because people don't need to go anywhere anymore to get their degree i mean they don't need to go anywhere to get a degree or to work i mean we or to go grocery shopping i mean technically we could do we could live out of our houses and that's it's awesome but it's sad at the same time i mean i could yeah, i could live ne- my whole life without ever leaving my house yeah, it's never been easier than now to become an agoraphobic and just not venture outside uh, your safe four walls of your home because you can you can do just about everything uh, or get everything sent to you. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, even here in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, I, I can have the local grocery store deliver yeah. same day every all the groceries I need. Roger, can you tell us more about Second Authentic Life and what you do? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that is that is my newest project, um, and it's it's been going on for a while now. But it's um, the essence of it is that I work with well parents who are small business owners, um, and, and small business owners in general who are looking to uh, define themselves better or are looking to start a career, looking for that second career, as they say, second authentic life. And I help them, I coach them, I guide them. Uh, to how to find their their passion, find their joy, find that authentic part of them that then can be parlayed into something that they will actually enjoy 
as opposed to just doing something because it makes money. And then figuring out how to communicate that to their kids um, and to their spouse or partner if they're not involved in the business uh, in a way that uh, engages everybody. Because one of the great ironies of entrepreneurism is that you know, the very people you work so hard for, your family, your spouse, your maybe even your extended family, those are the very people who sometimes get alienated inadvertently because you're working so hard for success and trying to make a trying to make a, a successful business and, and make money at it. And sometimes the families may have to make a lot of sacrifices for that dream, for that goal. And sometimes they don't even understand why. And all they do is just get resentful because they don't see their partner. They don't see the larger role in it. And I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs the same. It's like, damn it, I'm doing it for them. Why don't they understand this? And then their business flounders uh, as a result of that as well. And I think all of that stems from um, a little bit of conversation that you and I had uh, pre-show to say that, you know, are you doing that thing that brings you joy? Are you doing that thing that is authentic to you that was meant for you to go and do as opposed to anybody else? And when you do that thing that is truly authentic to you, that truly brings you joy, that tr- that truly uh, resonates with you and energizes you and gets you through those those uh, those tough moments in your business. When you're doing that, when you're totally clear and focused about what you're doing, man, marketing. Uh, the marketing of your business, the communication of of your purpose, of your goal, to your family, to your clients, to media, it becomes so much easier. And this is what I work on uh, as part of the as part of the marketing piece. See, the the marketing piece grew out of uh, the need to connect with families, and my my need to help people connect with families is the part that is. Uh, that 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 jazzes my spirit. That gets me going. I mean, it's that it's that connection with people. I I mean, I live for that. I strive for that, and I try to create that with other people, so that they can create that with their families. You know, I was speaking to a, a franchisee a while ago, and um, and he was telling me uh, he's actually the owner of this uh, of a franchise um, system, and he said, you know, we have manuals that we give to the franchisees. Um, on how to run the business and everything in there is operationalized and systematized. And, you know, the, the cash register goes over here, the counter goes there. We use this supplier for this. We use that supplier for that. And the system itself is proven. He goes, but when a business, when a franchisee fails, it's not because of the business system. The business system is proven. It's usually because of a breakdown in the personal life and in the family life of that franchisee. And the part that's missing for them is the part that I speak to is, you know, how do you, engage the family and get that portion of your business that involves them on board with, with your, with your endeavor. And so I'm, 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 I'm thinking we're going to be working future and I might be developing, uh, helping him develop and revamp their manual to reflect these changes and to put in the whole piece about, you know, engaging family and the family life as a franchisee owner in this, in this business. So um, in a nutshell, Secondauthenticlife.com is you are um, you are starting your second you're you're starting your business or you're in your business which is your second life and uh, when you are clear when you're focused and you go through a program with me a four step program uh, when you go through that four step program you come out the other end a clearly defined and clearly focused on what you want to be doing and you know how to communicate that to to your family and and 
that be, that makes your marketing that makes my job from the marketing side so much easier because man you know exactly what you want you know how you want it to look i am or i should say i was your ideal client about two years ago <laughs> the roughest uh, times my husband and i have ever had were times when he there was one time that he actually said to me i see more of the back of your head than i do your face <laughs> We shared an office, but he, and he, he was actually at home at that point. Um, He's working outside of the home right now, but he shared an office with me then. And he would see my, the back of my head all day long. Yeah. And my kids would see the back of my head. Mama, we need you. Uh, One minute. And then one minute turns into 30, turns into 40, turns into three hours, you know? Oh yeah. And in the meantime, there's a broken dozen eggs on the kitchen floor just because that's where my focus was (laughs) but at the same Uh, time I was going I was trying to build a business I wasn't passionate about so nothing was working absolutely nothing I mean and I and I wasn't passionate in my marketing so I wasn't sending anything out and yeah I I totally well, two years ago, I still had a job, actually. I mean, I hadn't clearly defined this yet. Even though I was doing it, I didn't quite realize it. Um, I, hadn't, I hadn't systematized it, right? So I was, I was helping people, but I didn't have a system in place on how to help them. So everybody was getting kind of a mishmash of, of stuff because it wasn't a business yet. It wasn't uh, a formalized coaching program yet. Um, but the, the the message is the same. I mean, I think at one point you said uh, you said that you burned so many meals because um, you were focused on doing something else and juggling so many tasks at the same time. Um, and when I've burned stuff, I mean, I'm a very good cook if I do say so myself. But when I when I've burned stuff, for sure, my mind wandered and I was thinking about somebody's business or I was thinking about my own business and. Like you said, sometimes three minutes becomes 30 just like that. And you're like, what happened? Where did all the time go? Yeah. Listeners, quite literally, on the days when my older boys are here and not at their dad's house, if my husband is not at home, my 15-year-old will say, when do you want me to start dinner? Because that's how bad my Mm -hmm. cooking is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he makes meatloaf from scratch now, Roger from scratch (laughs) that's awesome i have no fear that my kids will be able to take care of themselves when they move out because they know how to do laundry because that's how bad it was for a few years okay let's be honest i still don't do laundry because if they want you know if they want if they want access to wi-fi then they have to do chores so my kitchen gets clean and my laundry gets done because kids want you know allowance that that is that is fabulous. That is absolutely fabulous that you do that. You know, my my the very first book that I wrote was called um, uh, "The Fearless Parent: uh, Twenty Ways to Inspire Success, Respect, and Gratitude." And in that book, I actually talk about uh, it's a book f- a, about uh, for parents about parenting. And uh, in there, I talk about the selective use of um, of reinforcers in order to get compliance and, and something as simple as, you know, you want, uh, you want Wi-Fi, there's dishes in the sink that have to be done, you know, or you want a meal, then you are going to do, um, 
you're going to come when I call you the first time, as opposed to the third and fourth and fifth time, then I have to nuke it four times, you know? So it's like, how do you get the child to comply with you sometimes the first time? And one of the most basic things is exactly what you said there, put, uh, put a condition on to compliance. And it's up to them. You either do it or you don't. But if you don't, then guess what? You're you're making your peanut butter and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for dinner because dinner was ready two hours ago and you were playing video games or something, you know? Or you want access to Wi Fi, no problem. There's there's laundry to do and dishes in the sink. So uh that's fabulous. I love that. My only concern right now is with my twelve year old because last week he put a fork in the microwave. <laughs> But he knows how to do the laundry and clean the litter box. So, and he actually, this is, this is totally off topic. Listeners, you know that, um, I forgot which of the previous guests told me that PTSD in his world actually stands for parallel tangent story disorder. I love Um, it. I love it. But he, I, I got a, uh, a neutered ninja over the summer thinking I was going to become a juicer. Okay. Let me tell you, it was maybe used three times for juicing, Uh but now when he gets home from school, he'll put ice in it, take the morning's coffee, pour it in, put some creamer in, shake it up and bring me a nice coffee. Ice latte. Uh Yeah. So thank you, (laughs) Nutra Ninja, for my awesome shaker for my iced coffees. (laughs) Yeah. That is so great. I love, that. I love what you're doing though. I think that there is such a need for this. And I, my parents both were college educated. They both went the corporate track and they both actually wound up self-employed by the time I was in college. So um, mm-hmm. funnily enough, they weren't married to each other, um, but, or anymore, but they both went that route. And while I saw from them, you know, growing up, that this was the way to go, go college, go corporate. Mm-hmm. I I quickly realized that wasn't for me ever. I mean, and I yeah. was doing just what you said you were doing, putting my all in, going at it all the time. But then I realized, you know, I've put my all in. I've put myself in for 10 different promotions and I'm just tired of this. And, and I realized this, well, I don't think I even realized that, this I think a lot of people settle well I I don't think I know they settle for what they Mm -hmm. get it's it's not just what life doesn't hand us anything but we can choose whether or not to settle with it Roger I asked you earlier what your two or what your most inspiring book was but um while I am reading Tony Robbins right now this year this year has actually been a surprisingly slow reading year for me I think I've just got so preoccupied with the podcast but I read Think Better, Live Better, and also The Power of I Am, both by Joel Osteen. Um, for listeners, if you're if you're religious, specifically if you're Christian, I know that there's a lot of controversy about whether or not it's the prosperity gospel, but it's been so incredibly inspiring to me. So I was reading The Power of I Am, and it was just so incredible because he's talking about how we often look in the mirror and we see ourselves in a self-critical way. And then we look at our own lives and we are very Mm -hmm. critical about who we are, but in all actuality, you know, God made us the way that we look for a reason and he made us the way that we are for a reason. And Mm -hmm. then Joel was even talking about Mm -hmm. how he got, um, and I forgot the name of the, 
the stadium that his church is in now. Um, oh, yes. You know what I'm talking ah, about. Though. The one that just yeah, flooded um, the other day. Yeah. But it everything worked out. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he knew it was going to work out. And in the past, mm-hmm. when I was working on projects that I wasn't passionate about, I would give up after the first try. And to be totally honest, I mean, we just went through Black Friday and Cyber Monday and my my launch for the Positive Productivity Pod hasn't been as big as I had hoped, but I am so not concerned because I know it's going to get there and I'm not going to give up. So listeners who are on my list, be forewarned, you're going to get more emails about the Positive Productivity Pod because it is about helping you. So yeah, just I know I know that I have this passion and this purpose for a reason now and I'm not going to give it up because now I can feel it in my heart and I know it in my head and that's what's so important. Resonating with me right now, woman, I gotta tell you. Absolutely. Awesome. Listeners, I hope that we're resonating with you as well. And if we are, please go over to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP two two zero. Where you'll be able to find the show notes and links to Roger's website and and anything that we really talked about during this whole episode. And on that note, Roger, where can listeners find you and connect with you online? Uh, you can get a hold of me at uh, com. That's 2ndauthenticlife.com. And uh, on there, you uh, can find. Uh, I'm putting some other stuff on there, but you can find a downloadable worksheet that's part of uh, my program. You can have that for free. And to get you started in thinking uh, in in the way that uh, that resonates with you and, and finding a business that resonates with you. And uh, drop me a line there. And um, I will, I connect with everybody that uh, personally that I speak to or that I get an email from. And um uh, that's probably the best way to do it right now. I'm also on LinkedIn, and uh, I've got a Facebook thing up and running. And I've uh, you can always connect with me on Facebook, uh, Roger Ramsuk. Uh, that's R O G R, and the last name is R A M as in Mary S U K H. And I know it looks weird, but it's pronounced Ramsuk. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> I love the phonetic. <laughs> Roger, do you have a last piece of parting advice? And by the way, thank you so much. This was totally enlightening and I can't wait to have so many more conversations with you. I had so much fun with you. Me too. Uh, Do you have a last piece of parting advice that you can offer to listeners before we wrap up for today? But I definitely will be bringing you back in the future. Uh, Absolutely. Um, I'll be on your show as many times as you want. uh, I had such a good time uh, on this topic. And as you can probably tell, uh, I I could speak about this for for days. And I have spoken for days. And people's eyes have glazed over. And I'm still going, not even realizing that they've mentally tuned me out. Um, But uh, one of the things I say in the end of it all is that... um, one of my taglines on, on my on my site is authentic self, infinite abundance. And I think as long as you are doing the thing that resonates with you, the, you will find the money. The money will come to you is perhaps not the way that you thought, but in other ways. Or people will find to help you uh, when your mission is true. You know, and even if they don't, and even if it doesn't become a struggle, I mean, not every business, um, or not, sorry, not every venture has to necessarily create money for you if it's bringing you joy. And maybe you, you make money other ways 
and your second authentic life is something that you've always wanted to do on the side and you keep saying one day and one day and one day isn't a day on the calendar. One day starts maybe today. So I always say when you're authentic with yourself and who you actually are, your, your, your reason for living, your joy for living, that will find expression. What, what is meant to be will always find a way.